By now, anyone who's interested already knows. The facial recognition ban passed unanimously. Portland City Council on September 9th passed the ban, making Portland the only city anywhere to outlaw facial recognition technology in privately owned places accessible to the public, like coffee shops, stores, banks, hotels, and more. And they passed the ban on use by city bureaus like the police bureau. But there's a long road ahead. Portland lawmakers did not simply set out to address one type of technology and be done with it. This is the first big step in a more comprehensive process for setting policy for all sorts of biometrics and surveillance tech. I'm Kate Kay, a journalist here in Portland. In this, what is likely to be the last episode of Band in PDX for a while, I'll look ahead to next steps the city is expected to take in its quest to enshrine into law and policy ideals of digital justice. I'll discuss what to expect regarding facial recognition when you fly in or out of Portland's airport. And I'll reveal news about how the city's ban could have a very tangible impact on one convenience store business here and the amount of hours available to its workers. This is Banned in PDX. So, yeah, I had no crystal ball when I named this podcast Banned in PDX. I mean, for all I knew back when it started, this little punk rock homage I had to the bad brains, it could have totally backfired. I mean... What if Amazon and other local and national business groups had managed to influence enough lawmakers to vote against the ban or to carve out enough exemptions to render it totally weak? What if it turned out facial recognition was not banned in PDX? Well, the four council members who were present for the vote that day on September 9th, including the mayor, were in rare agreement. They all voted for both ordinances prohibiting private facial recognition use and use by city bureaus. But they also came together on a bigger issue. Portland is far from an anti-technology city. This was not the first time Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler had made this declaration about Portland not being anti-tech. It was the same one he'd made back in January in direct response to comments from Portland Business Alliance. The local business group back then suggested a ban on facial recognition could make the city appear inhospitable to the tech industry. And I want to make that very clear. We are not anti-technology. With a wide array of local and national tech companies, we are one of the fastest growing tech hubs anywhere on the West Coast. We simply demand that our technology protect our information properly while providing the digital services that we need. All Portlanders are entitled to a city government that will not use technology with demonstrated racial and gender biases that endanger personal privacy. City Council Commissioner Joanne Hardesty drove home his point. Um, As the mayor said, we are a pro-technology city. Uh, But what we've seen so far in practice with this technology, it just continues to exacerbate the over-criminalization of black and brown people in our community. 
With more than one Portland lawmaker emphasizing Portland's anti-anti-tech stance, it certainly seemed as though they wanted to make clear to those watching the YouTube stream of the vote from across the country and possibly the globe that the city's ban on one type of technology does not necessitate that Portland is full of Luddites. Translation, hey, tech venture capitalists and startup entrepreneurs, please continue to invest in our fine city. If Portland's ban is anti-anything, those lawmakers and drafters of the ban, here's what they wanted to stress, that the city is anti-racism or at least its facial recognition ban is. Portland's director for the Office of Equity and Human Rights, Markeisha Smith, she spoke before the city council voted. She reminded people that the city's ban, which established a new digital justice designation in the city code, had been developed through community engagement with Black, Indigenous, and people of color communities. On June 17th of this year, city council adopted the city of Portland's core values. Anti-racism is the very first of those listed values. What does anti-racism look like? Many things. But in this instance, it looks like the ordinances that are presented to you today and the processes that led to them. But while Portland is making an effort to prevent potential harms of discriminatory data and tech use, the city's ban on this technology is shown to have negative impacts on people of color. It must be viewed through a wider historical lens. Portland, it's a place where black people were driven from their communities by city planners. They were held back by institutionalized racism and redlining. And today, marginalized communities continue to struggle against police injustices here and gentrification that makes it more and more difficult for people to afford to stay here. And what about the context of everything else happening right now, today? Many support the idea of the city council preventing use of technology that could exacerbate injustices for vulnerable groups. But why now? People wondered. One person on Twitter spoke for many, writing, Hmm, they got that done, huh? Never mind the homeless crisis or the riots or the wildfires at our gates. So, yes, we're still in the middle of a pandemic during which many have no work or income. The number of people with no place to live is growing. The city is reeling from more than 100 days of sometimes violent protests against racial injustice. And as the facial recognition vote was happening, Portlanders were embarking on days of harmful wildfire smoke-filled air, wafting over from the state's devastating wildfires. I spoke after the vote with Hector Dominguez. He's the data coordinator at Smart City PDX. They're the government group that oversaw development and drafting of Portland's ban, and they'll oversee its implementation. Here's Dominguez. based organizations that are dealing with eviction, they are dealing with economic opportunities, they are dealing with uh, immigration issues. So those are definitely uh, life and death situations sometimes. You know? And then we come as a smart cities program 
And we say, well, now on top of all that, you need to be worried about artificial intelligence. And you need to be worried about big data and how you're using your cell phone, for instance. Um, which, you know, at the beginning, starting from there, sometimes people are um, kind of don't understand, but then after a little bit, people get why. The protections against discrimination the city hopes to achieve through the ban, they don't apply everywhere. The law doesn't stop individuals from using a face recognition app on their phones. It doesn't stop people from enabling it to unlock their phones. There are some cases in which the city simply does not have authority to stop facial recognition use. For example, this is a big one. It doesn't cover Portland's public schools. It doesn't cover use of facial recognition inside federal buildings like, say, the Mark Hatfield U.S. Courthouse building downtown, which has served as a focal point in Black Lives Matter protests against police abuse. As for facial recognition positioned outside a building to gather data from the public as they walk by, that's not allowed. But facial recognition is allowed inside a private office or in a factory. That's even though this ban was passed. Then there's the airport. The ban applies there, but only in some cases. Private entities that operate inside the Port of Portland, that's where the Portland International Airport is located, they cannot use facial recognition. So that means restaurants and retailers inside the airport, like bookstores or those places that sell overpriced fruit wrapped in plastic, they're not allowed to use the technology. But when it comes to state and federal government agencies operating at the airport, Portland's laws don't apply. So, for example, U.S. Customs and Border Protection can continue using a facial recognition system it reportedly employs at air exit locations at the Portland airport. And CBP, it's doing this all over the country, by the way. A new report from the U.S. Government Accountability Office lists PDX Airport, along with 26 other U.S. airports, where CBP has used facial recognition at border exit locations. The agency also uses it at border entries at 18 U.S. airports. So what about all those requests from business groups to weaken restrictions? You'll recall from the last episode of Band in PDX, the Oregon Bankers Association, they wanted an exemption to allow facial recognition in banks. And local business groups, they wanted retailers or hotels to be able to use facial recognition for things like recognizing loyal customers if those customers gave opt-in consent. In the end, though, the ban ordinances passed by the city council do not allow for those things. And Dominguez said he doesn't expect any changes to the language in the legislation. But already, there could be a very real impact on one business with multiple locations in Portland. And it could affect the company's employees in a very real way. Please look at camera for entry. Remember that? It's that computer greeting from facial recognition cameras installed at entrances at three Jackson's food stores in Portland. 
that facial recognition system is the store's way of preventing alleged thieves from entering its stores overnight and of deterring others from theft. Listeners will recall from Episode 3 of Band in PDX that that system used by Jackson's, it was developed by former St. Louis police officers. Countless customers and workers must pass through that system every night if they want to buy a pack of gum or pay for gas or just go back inside to work after a smoke break. Now, by law, that must change by January 1st, 2021, when Portland's ban on private facial recognition use goes into effect, Jackson's will have to disable its facial recognition system in those three Portland stores. And they're all on the east side of the city. The retailer says it considers the technology to be beneficial because they say it prevents theft and creates a safer environment for employees and customers. Jackson's spokesperson, Russ Stoddard, He told me the company is thinking about closing those three Portland locations overnight because of the ban. Well, we're disappointed by the decision as the stores where the technologies being used are safer than they were previously. And both our employees and customers have responded very favorably to its use. While we'll likely uh, reevaluate how we continue to operate safely at three stores in Portland that are affected by this ban. It's also likely that we'll need to close them during the nighttime hours for the safety of our employees and for our customers. Smart City PDX manager Kevin Martin suggested the city would like to have a discussion with Jackson's food stores about that. Here's Martin. We want to work with businesses and talk to businesses about sort of what those trade-offs are on their side. But I think we all believe strongly that sort of the, the negatives of those trade-offs can't continue to fall on, on black and brown people uh, specifically. And, and I think this is the city sort of a little bit drawing a line in the sand and saying that, you know, we're going to be more proactive about that uh, going forward. Stoddard declined to provide any additional information regarding Jackson's plans for dismantling its facial recognition system. So, What's next for implementation? Well, first, let's take stock. Since 2019, Portland city government has taken several steps that are part of a strategic goal to develop equitable policies for data and tech use. It started last year when the city passed a privacy resolution. It called for equity, transparency, accountability, and non-discrimination in city data and tech use. And work towards that goal continues through the facial recognition ban and its establishment of a digital justice designation in the city code. So that's the backdrop. Over the next few months, Smart City PDX plans to work with the city's Office of Equity and Human Rights to define exactly what the concepts of digital justice and anti-racist actually mean. Another very practical next step, all city bureaus must assess their technology use and report to the smart city group any use of facial recognition tech. And in the longer term, the ban ordinances call on the city to develop broader policies that apply to other surveillance and biometric technologies. But don't expect that to happen right away, said Dominguez. We are going to take it. Uh, a slow but robust 
in a way that we want we want to get some uh, have realistic milestone and expectations at least in the coming for the coming year of work and also given the complexities and the history of uh, surveillance technologies we also want to uh, do it right in a way that allows us to to move uh, like in a solid way, but also to be able to be agile and to be able to uh, kind of understand or divide, crowdsource in a way all these different challenges, you know? So that's the story as it stands. My name is Kate Kay, and as a freelance journalist, I followed Portland's facial recognition ban from the start. I'll keep an eye on how it's implemented in coming months. But for now, this is it for Band in PDX. For a while, anyway. Thanks for listening to this podcast. It was reported, written, and produced solely by me on a volunteer basis. If you know any nerdy tech or policy wonks who might dig this podcast, please share it. Until next time. This is Band in PDX. 